Hi, and welcome to The Expansive. Uh, if you are new here, this is our weekly show where we get to discuss global events and share ideas that really push you to expand your thinking and your reality. If you've been with us for a while, thanks again for tuning in. It is always really good to have you. Uh, we are excited to share this new episode with you today. Uh, for the newcomers, my name is Eric, uh, and my co-host, my every elegant co-host uh, on the show with me is John Sonne. We are both authors. Uh, we speak about the future, about how organizations, leaders, and people can prepare for the future. And today's episode is actually a special episode that we do uh, every now and then. That's all about having conversations with interesting people that can help us better understand the world around us. Before we get into the episode, uh, John, how are you doing, brother? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Eric. Uh, it's really good to be here on this bonus edition of the Expansive Podcast. I'm sitting in Dubai and already had a very busy morning. I've just, you know, it's amazing waking up in Dubai. You're obviously two hours ahead of South Africa. So by the time everybody starts waking up uh, in SA, it's already 11 o'clock here. So I've like had a full day um, and then all of a sudden everything starts to kick off. But very exciting. Lots going on. I'm speaking at the Expo next week, Tuesday. I'm really excited about it. You and I are planning our book launches together, which I'm really mm. excited about. Mm. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that. I saw you did your first Instagram post for your cover today. And I saw that. So congratulations on that. And for the people that listen to our podcast a lot, you know, it's taken 84 years for Eric to bring his second <laughs> book out. So congratulations for that. That's really great. Uh, how are you, Eric? How's it going? 80, 84 years for the second. It's going to be like six months until the next one. <laughs> are you and talking about the expensive one? The expensive one, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm already, I've already written the first words for the new book. Oh, I'm like, okay. I'm like 600 words into that. So it's um, another 73 years for the fourth book. Okay, no, great. Listen, we're tight, we're tight, holding on. We're holding on. Very tight deadlines for this. Okay, good um, stuff. Were, were you saying that you're going to hire at the Burj Khalifa's top four for the book launch for us? Like, I was going to surprise you. You rolling. I was going like, to surprise so. you, man. I was going <laughs> to surprise you. The same place Roger Federer played tennis on that helicopter pad. That's where we're doing the book I launch. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, Thank yes. You. No, Thank my you for, absolute for funding, pleasure. Uh, funding the launch. Yes, yes, yes. I'm also sending you my jet to bring you over. <laughs> you know, might as well give you a VIP. Anyway, um, we are joined today by a very good friend of mine, um, Mark Gregory, who I'll uh, bring on just now. But Mark and I met, funny enough, never had met before. It comes from a very successful marketing background, uh, had a company called Student Village for many, many years. I'd heard about the company, but I'd never actually met Mark. And um, we got to the airport hangar to go to Africa Burn 2017. And I just happened to bump into this strange guy, not a strange guy, but a stranger. And we started chatting and ended up being my like next door neighbor in my tent. Now, let's just get this straight. There's 14,000 people at that Africa burn. Uh, and we had no idea, but Mark and I were actually literally two tents away, but we met at the airport, flew together, had no idea we were going to be actually sharing a, a sort of tent. And our friendship has just been solid since then. We went for a ride as we got to Africa burn and we had a deep conversation straight away. And We've been brothers ever since. And uh, uh, and now, five years later, um, Mark has evolved his brand. He has evolved his skill sets. And he's somebody that I definitely tap into when I think about anything to do with the world of NFTs, but with uh, no more waste of time. Mark, welcome. And how are you? I'm great, John. I'm great, Eric. Great to be here. And I want to tell you that that Africa Burn experience, when I think about it, um, it was one of those moments that actually changed my life. Like from that moment on, that experience on, life changed and for the better. 
Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it, was, it was really great. Yeah. What an inflection point. And Africa Burn does that often. You know, it really is. You have life before Africa Burn and after Africa Burn. So you were a great addition. And just on a side note, Mark had some amazing outfits. Hey, I remember your Superman outfit. You had some great outfits that year. Eh? <laughs> that was the second year. The first year oh, I shit. came very unprepared. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was, uh, I, can, I can honestly say it was the, one of the most embarrassing moments you're of right. my life where I was just right. didn't, I didn't do any research, came thinking, yeah, yeah let's have fun. <laughs> yeah, you I, you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I try to I try to wipe out that embarrassment off my memory. So thanks for reminding me of it again. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. I remember it now. I remember it. Thank you. So Mark is here today to tell us a little bit about uh, your history. Just give us a quick synopsis of who you are, where you come from, and where why you're here talking to us about NFTs. And then we'll dive into the conversation because also Eric bought an NFT a couple of years ago. I've got an NFT, but really it's such a new space that it's really important for us to understand if we want to invest, where we want to invest. And I can't think of anybody better than you, Mark, to explain it to us. So over to you, Marky. Thanks, John. So um, yeah, day to day, I'm a visual artist. I'm a photographer. And um, what that means is that I take photographs and I blend them together using digital art to just create something that's really stand out. And, you know, um, last year I, I launched a book, um, a, a fine art collection called In Good Company. That, that uh, collection was exhibited in Santon City and the Diamond Walk. It was seen by over a million people. Um, proceeds from that coffee table book went to supporting the Reach for a Dream Foundation. We raised over half a million rand um, through the book. So I'm really, I'm really proud of that. And, you know, the collection is currently being sold as an NFT collection. So that's where, that's where I'm putting a lot of my time in relation to that project now. Yeah, well done. I mean, I was part of that. Wasn't I the first guy you photographed? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to say, were. John, well, yeah. well done for, for being featured. You're one of the 32 South African icons. Yes. Icons. Yes. So so it's the only time I've ever been called an icon. Yes, yes. I'm going to soak it in. I'm soaking it in. My soak friend Mark in. called me an icon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you couldn't make it onto the front cover, but you know, next That's time maybe. Fine. No problem, no problem. I don't mind, I don't mind. But you did well. I mean, that book was amazing. If anybody on social media has seen that picture of me with 20 arms, uh, like sort of like taking off with a sky background, that was Mark. And you really did add a lot of flavor to my brand that year. So thank you so much for that. So tell us uh, now that you've done the book and you've launched it, uh, where are you now in the world of NFTs and Give our, give our listeners a, a sort of broad outstung of what are NFTs, what's the story with them, why are they all over the place? So, yeah. So, I, I, I want to just intro it and say that, you know, when I looked at the numbers, the NFT sales that were generated last year was $25 billion. That's, that's 367 billion rand. And I think people have taken notice since that much money has been circulated within this. And, um, you know, one of the, the highest um, pieces sold last year was for $91 million. This was for one, one piece of art. So really ridiculous numbers. And, you know, to go into the topic, we really have to look at defining what an NFT is. So mm. what does an NFT stand for? An NFT stands for non-fungible token. 
Yeah. And what that means is it's a one of a kind representation of something digital or physical that has been verified on the blockchain. So what does that mean? So what is, let's look at that word fungible. What's a fungible item? So here's an example of a fungible item. We, we all carry a fungible item around in our wallets and those are banknotes. So the 50 rand in your wallet mm. is a fungible mm. item. It means mm. that, you know, you've got it, I've got it, a bank's got it, and we can trade this between mm. each other. It's a replaceable item that can be traded. A yeah. non-fungible item is like a piece of art. It's like the Mona Lisa. Mm. It's a one of a kind. It's not replaceable. There's only one in the world. Non-fungible mm. means mm. non-replaceable. So let's, let's take an example here. Imagine Leonardo da Vinci was living with us today. And he decided he was going to create a new art piece. But instead of painting something, he was going to create a digital art piece. He was going to create a JPEG using Photoshop. Now, once, he, once he's created this, he's not going to need a gallery or an auction house in order to sell this item. That's where the NFTs come into play because he can sell that piece of artwork directly to a consumer as an NFT, which also lets him keep most of the profits and also builds in this notion of royalties, which means that every time that NFT, that art piece is sold onto other people, he gets a percentage of those royalties every time. This is something that never existed before. You sold an art piece in a gallery. That was it. One-time sale, and then it's, it's gone. This yeah. has changed the game um, you know, for artists in that way. And now, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, hey, but okay, he's produced this JPEG. Why not just take a screenshot of it? Well, you can take a screenshot of it, but does it mean you own it? No. And now this irrefutable sense of ownership can be recorded using the blockchain. And that's what the hype is all about when it comes to NFTs. So really it's about just, it's, it's one-time ownership. That's it. It's like, I own that on the digital world. And the digital world has almost like a limitless number of things that you can own. I mean, I've heard that these sort of new worlds that are being birthed will be so much bigger, brighter, sharper, wider, and more imaginative than the world we live in now. So really, I think anything that you own online will become an NFT, right? That is that sort of like if you buy land, it's an NFT. If you buy a sword, it's an NFT. It's a piece of art, it's an NFT. It's not just art. It's pretty much anything digitally that gives you that signature that you own it, right? Correct. It's, it's given us a way to value something digital. That's it. I think that description for me is the best. Eric, what do you think? Do you have any um, data on, because as, you, as you're speaking about this, so obviously like the art component is a big part of this. Um, but I'm wondering how much of NFT sales are artists selling things versus um, communities and uh, collections and things like that. Like I look at Bored Apes, for example, like which is one of the biggest NFT collections. I don't consider that art. Like that to me is just randomly generated characteristics that's all been put together. Like it's not a Mona Lisa, right? Um, so I'm wondering, and I don't think it was ever sold for the pure intent of like, this is art. It was always that there's a community or there's, there, there are additional benefits attached to owning this NFT. So I'm just wondering, do you know if there's a, what is the split at the moment in the NFT world between like artists selling art versus communities and collections and those kind of things? 
Yeah. So I think we have to look at what are the different types of NFTs that are being bought and sold at the moment. Now, the two most popular is art and collectibles, but there's also things like games, land, events, fashion, music. So if I can, just to dive into these um, you know, in a bit more detail. So let's look at the art world. Last year, this made huge news when this artist, his name was Beeple, he sold an art piece called Every Days, which is, it was a collage of 5,000 art pieces that he produced over 5,000 days. This thing was auctioned off at Christie's for $69 million. When this happened, it really, it created a gold rush because all of a sudden people saw this and said, wow, there is money to be made in art. So what happened? As you can imagine, all the artists flocked in to put their art pieces up, hoping that they would get a piece of that. All the traders and investors came in, hoping that they would be able to trade these art pieces for big amounts of money. So that's, a, that's the art side. The next part um, is the collectibles. So they also call it art collectibles, but we'll call it collectibles for now. And the best way to explain it is, um, you know, when you guys were growing up, did you ever play with Garbage Pal Kids? Yeah. Those cards. So yeah, they didn't know, have them in spring. They didn't have them in spring. They were only I'm just in going other to places. places. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, think it's no. a, if it's a time era thing, you know, like uh, no, no, it's a class, class uh, thing, uh, Eric. Okay, no, class it's a class thing. thing. Yeah, it's a class. <laughs> what, what did you, what what cards did you have, Eric? No, he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't there, springs, bro. No, in springs we didn't have any cards. No, 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 no. In springs they we didn't have electricity. Nuts, watches, rocks, and bolts. Rocks. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. While you beat your wife, that's in springs. Well, I was a kid sorry. growing up, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, so so these were things, I mean, I think all, all kids have them to a degree, whether it's marbles or cards or anything. And and certain cards have different traits. They're more valuable than others. And you yeah. trade them, and you know, sometimes that one garbage pile kit is worth five other ones. It's mm. just how it is. And what what yeah. these collectibles now are, this is like the adult version. It brings this nostalgic quality back of your childhood, but with far bigger, <laughs> bigger risks Money. and yeah. bigger yeah. rewards yeah. in play. And the two collectibles that have really, you know, uh, you know, taken taken this world by storm are the CryptoPunks and this board Ape Yacht Club. And the last time I checked, the the board Ape, um, the cheapest one you can buy is three million rand. You know, I met somebody at a conference the other day, and he said to me in passing that he had a board Ape in his. Uh, in his portfolio, I was like, yes. And, and it was such a, it was such a, a reality check for me. You know what I mean? It was the first time I'd met somebody that was carrying something in their wallet worth, I don't know how many ETH because they're all worth X amount of ETH. And it was, um, what's it called when you, uh, you signaling? It's a, vir- it's a signal, right? It's a, what's it called? Virtue signaling. Um, I think there's definitely a signaling component, but it's, I think it's more about wealth and like the, the community that you are part of. Because now I know, like, if you have a board ape as a picture profile, immediately I know that there's a certain level that you are playing at. Yeah. So it's signaling, but it's almost like signaling wealth. It's yeah. exactly it. It's created this subculture where if you have one of these items as your profile picture, 
it it says something about you. And uh, Twitter have recently um, created a functionality where you can have your uh, NFT as your profile picture, and it's authenticated. It means that yeah, that is yours. No, nobody can screenshot it and pretend it's theirs. It yeah. is yours. And what these collectibles are, so this like this example of the Board Ape Yacht Club, it's 10,000 of these Board Apes that were generated. They call it generative art because they they all the apes, they're in the same pose. They're all the same, but they've all got different things. Some of them are wearing glasses. Some of them are smoking. Some of them have got these lasers coming out of their eyes. And a computer artist has actually run an algorithm. Like if you think about what Photoshop is, it has layers. You can have a glasses layer, a, a hat layer, this layer, and they do that. And they, they're using an algorithm. They combine it all. And 10,000 of these are generated. They've all got different traits and rarities and people trade and buy them. Look, so, I, if I had to count, if I had, a, if I had one ETH for every time somebody Instagram me telling me about the new NFT collection, I'd oh, be like, geez, I can't, can't take it anymore. So yes, be careful out there. You know, a lot of people are trying to scam and jump onto this. Yeah, so many out there. It's like, I think everybody's waiting. They call it mooning, which is like you, you hit the next board ape or crypto punk. This, if you were to get into this last year, because that's when it uh, came out, it was $190 for one. <laughs> now wow. the cheapest is three million. So that that wow. just tells you. Wow, um, John, I thought you'd be interested in this uh, uh, because you love dogs so much. This is the Doge Pound. It's also a, co a collection of NFTs. Just, just very quickly for the, for for the listeners that are listening to this on podcast, Mark is just showing a couple of these NFTs. You can go and uh, the link for the YouTube uh, uh, version of this podcast will be in the notes. So please do go look at it. But yes, he's showing me a picture of a dog with a pizza in his mouth. So yes, go ahead. Wearing a cowboy hat and a tie. Wearing a cowboy but, hat but, yeah, yeah. and a tie, sorry. <laughs> and a shirt and he's pink. So if we had to get down to, yeah. Go so, they so they created 10,000 of these, but they've got a mission behind this. And they're saying that the funds that have been generated as a result of selling these NFTs is going towards making one of the biggest dog shelters in East Africa. Wow. So, so something amazing. And, and this has become one of the, the most popular uh, collections. What's this around. one called? The Doge Pound. D-O-G-E. Thank you. The Doge Pound. Okay, great. Okay. Wow. You're going to so buy one? I'm going to buy five. What is the, Except, what is the unless price million, on that, you know? Yeah, look, <laughs> after, after flying you to the Burj Khalifa, I'm out of cash. So I'm going to have to wait a bit. <laughs> You're going to have to save up, John. Yeah, I'm going to have to save up. More talks, please. Book me for more talks, please. Yeah. Cool. Okay, guys. So we've talked about art. We've talked about collectibles. The next yeah. category of NFTs is games. And mm. the most searched for NFT collection in the world right now is Axie Infinity. This game. This, this, wow. game, is, is, this game has done close to $4 billion in turnover. Um, wildly successful. What happens is that players collect, battle, and trade these creatures, and they make money playing the game. And I've June, heard. Sorry, Mark. Go on. Go I was going to say in, in June of last year, this, the the news came out that um, you know a few people from the Philippines had mm. purchased houses mm. as a result of them playing this game and yes. making money. That's exactly what I was going to comment. 
aren't there like hundreds of thousands of Filipino people now yes. just playing this game all day? And what they do is they get characters, they mate them, these mating gets kids and then they sell off the kids and they're making dollars and hundreds of dollars a day that would have never been available to them pre. Completely. Um, what I found is I wanted to get my son into this, this world of NFTs and I thought the best way to do it is through gaming. And what we, we, we discovered is that there's a steep entry price to get in. You need three axes. They each cost between $100 and $300. You need to buy a good axe. That's the thing. You don't buy a cheap axe because then you'll constantly lose. So you need mm. a good axe. So it's like a lot of money to get in. But he got bored. I think after the first three games, he was like, Dad, I can't play this thing. But we yeah. were able to then sell the axes. So sell ah. them and trade them to someone else. And as the sale of those axes, we actually made a lot more money than playing the game, I think. Wow. So, but but yeah. you have to also do gas fees and all those things on, on axes. Do they also go through ETH? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anything where you're trading an NFT is, is that. But what Axie have done is they put it in their own universe and they, that gas is actually n almost non-existent. Um, they use a different type of wallet, a different technology, different tokens in the game to do that. I remember um, being on a call with Mick Mann from Singularity University talking about Axie Infinity um, probably about a year ago. And I remember getting off the call and like, I've always been a gamer. So I thought, geez, like, this is amazing. Like I, I can go and game and make money. And I tried for a while. And I was just like, nah, like I'm just over it. Um, it, it was just like, it wasn't enticing enough for me, but then you see how this thing has just exploded. Um, I'm now into Fortnite, by the way, I'm trying to like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm playing that. I'm trying to like understand that world a little bit better. I also just get, get to shoot people. So which is fun. So Wow. No <laughs> yeah. way. It's Fort, I mean, I know Fortnite peaked at that sort of 14, 15 year old age group. <laughs> I'm sure. No, no, no. I'm not dissing you on your age. I'm just oh, saying, okay. Okay. um, no, no, I'm not dissing. You. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I wonder where the peak is now because like, remember yes, like yeah, Facebook yeah. is like now it's 50, 60 year old people, you know, the youngsters aren't on Facebook, they're on TikTok. So um, it's really about like, I wonder where the peak is for Fortnite, but, uh, but listen, interesting. I, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a different conversation, but I'm playing with my uh, cousin or my, my nephew, my nephew um, who is in Germany and he's nine ah. years old. Wow. And, and he's leading me. I'm jumping in like we had a team together yeah. And he's the one, he's like, go here, do this. Like, yeah. I know we go yeah. here. Like, and he's yeah. like, it's like, he's like, so, you know, so the thing I'm, is, I'm like, I'm like an old man running around with my head. Like, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? No, the thing is, is that that's the perfect uh, reverse mentoring idea here. You're right. Mm. So you're getting younger people to reverse up, reverse the mentoring upwards so you can learn from them. And does he say, Eric, Randar, das ist gut, ja? Wunderbar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on, Mark. We're talking shit. <laughs> cool. The next one is land. So people land. are buying land yes. in the yeah. metaverse. There's two. Um, I mean, there are many, but these are the two that are the biggest brands, the Sandbox and Decentraland. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is like, uh, obviously, land is limitless in a digital world, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. there are going to be uh, platforms that go up and create that premium place to buy land, like the Times Square of land. These and and I think these guys have have really cemented themselves early on, and and doing very well. Um, the next one is events. So Gary V uh, brought out his own NFT collection, 
And one of the benefits of having one of his NFTs is that you can then attend one of his exclusive VCon conferences. So he's put on conferences because I think he's oversold himself. Like this, if you buy this, you can get an hour with me and you can come to one of my conferences. Yeah. Now he's got 10 million people that want to come. So I suppose he's going to put an event on for all his V friends just to be able to come to one of his conferences, right? Probably. I th- I th- maybe he'll just have a Zoom call for all of them. Yeah, a like, Zoom call. Sorry, guys. Them, yeah. Couldn't meet you all in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, the next one, fashion. Um, mm. You know, your digital avatar is going to need clothes. They're going to need fashion. And um, this is going to be a huge thing. Nike just bought a company called Artifact. Mm. The, I look, I've also been following a company that only designs clothes for the, for the metaverse. And they sold out. They make like eight of a jacket or 12 of a jacket. And they're like, on Twitter, they're like, ah, too late, sold out. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think mm. when Nike made this announcement, things went crazy. I mean, the, this brand artifact, um, their NFTs are now one of the, the biggest selling NFTs that you can get. But this just mm. tells you if Nike are going to support this, mm. it's going to be big. The last one I'll mention is music. Um, you know, NFTs have sparked a revolution in the music business and they're going to transfer for power from the artists or to the artists and away yeah. from the labels. Yeah, and yeah. Steve Aoki, he's that uh, famous mm, DJ, DJ. He mm. made more money in his NFT drop mm. last year than he did in 10 years of making music. And that's, that's what you're seeing on screen here. Um, for the listeners, you can head over to um, that YouTube stream mm. and you'll see it. It's called Harry. It sold for $888,888. Dollars and eighty-eight cents. <laughs> but, so, but so the NFT he sold was this like little video thingy. Song. Yeah, with some music it backing it. With, or was uh, there no, a song backing it? There, there was a song backing it. Another okay. artist that um, uh, made big news was Blau, and he sold mm. thirty-three NFTs. Uh, his album for eleven million dollars. Mm. So yeah, a lot of things happening in the music space. Yeah, I saw. So that let me one, ask you this. One. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, just, I saw a similar thing where a DJ dropped uh, a million NFTs. Um, so he, he dropped his album as an NFT. Uh, I think the entire album, which had like six or seven songs, he sold that for a dollar each. So he made a million dollars and it sold out in about 60 seconds or so. And then the cool thing is, like you were saying earlier, Mark, is that then it went onto the secondary market on OpenSea and it was trading at a much higher volume. So $10,000, $15,000 for his album. And he was getting a cut every single time off the back of that. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So let's bring this, let's land this home as we start closing this off, Mark. And, and thank you so much for that. That's, that's a great breakdown. Ooh, Eric and I are launching books. How do we make a book an NFT? Do you know? How do you make a book an NFT? Um, <clears throat> it's a good question. I, I saw this week, I don't know if you know Mandela, uh, his foundation, um, mm launched the Robin, um, Robin Island. Island collection. And what they did is they sold uh, photos that he made while he was in prison uh, or paintings. And then what they did is they said, if you have all five of them, you will get airdropped the manuscript that he wrote um, as an add-on. And I thought that was quite a, a nice idea. 
Um, I think overall, John, I don't have enough information on uh, book sales. I don't think there's been enough case studies on that. You know what um, um, Gary did, Gary V, he said, if you buy 12 books, I will give you access to a conference, something like that. And so people were buying 12 batches at a time of these books. You know, the, I mean, the only problem I have with that is like, I'm like, what, what do you need an NFT for then? Like you can just buy those 12 batches of books without the NFT process behind it. Well, you, then you don't get access to an hour with Eric or a conference yeah. with Eric. It's just a book. Yeah, but, I'm, but I'm saying the NFT is almost um, useless in that transaction because you could just buy those through my website and it's the same thing. Yeah, you're right. You see what I'm I saying? Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's obviously been like a big criticism for a lot of NFTs is that there's still a lot of utility that's lacking in the background. Yeah, I think this is a, a so new and, mm. I, you know, I, I, it's so early days, like even buying land on Decentraland, like you said, Mark, I mean, there's endless amounts of land that you can build. Who says that's going to be a cool place to be and yeah. not? Yeah. And also Decentraland and these things, are, are, are they're built on Web 2, right? They're not built on Web 3. So also Web 3 is going to come out and like distort all of these things. So look, I'm, I am an early adopter, but this space totally... Um, uh, is a is a is a is a dark spot for me. You know, I haven't spent enough time like you have, Mark. And uh, I think it's something that if anybody wants to get involved, just to really get involved carefully with a lot of research, so you really understand what you're doing. Don't get caught up in the hype because you can lose your socks very quickly, like many people have. You know, what would be your what would you what do you think the future of NFTs are, Mark? Uh, and let's close off with this comment. So, uh, John, to your previous point, there's an acronym mm. that goes around called DYOR, which is do your own research. This, mm. this, this place is uh, filled with hype. I've never experienced hype like this and speed um, of information and decisions and money changing. Like it is so volatile. And I think mm. that, um, you know, you've got to know that going in. You've almost got to have a stomach for something like that. But mm. in, in terms of your question around the future of NFTs, I, th I think that for us um, and for an older generation, it's going to take a while to get our head around what this means. For our children, it's going to be very different. They're digital natives. They're growing up in it. They're playing games like Fortnite, like Ro uh, Ro Roblox. I don't know if you know, Nike have now um, put their digital headquarters in Roblox. And here, the, the, you know, this, this just points straight away to um, one of the, the future trends, which is for brands. And at the beginning of COVID-19, brands quickly pivoted their marketing strategy to more of a digital one. And they did it out of necessity, but now many are embracing this digital world through NFTs so that they can... Um, you know, connect with their consumers differently. I actually think that for brands, this is a, this is a whole new platform for them. It should be the most exciting space um, that they can play in. Uh, brands like Adidas and Coca-Cola, L'Oreal, Gucci, and even Barbie have moved into the space already. Um, I think the second, um, the second trend will be looking at NFTs in a, in a different way that's beyond digital. So uh, now, you, or, you know, people are looking to sell their homes as an NFT. And you can think about it. It's actually pretty simple. You sell your home, you create a digital contract on the blockchain, and that cuts out the bank and the deeds office. And you've sold your home. Very simple. Um, it can change also the, you know, how education is done. Well, not how education is done, but you can use an NFT, a school 
could issue an NFT to a student who have earned a degree and let the employers easily verify whether that, um, that applicant's education is true. So we're going to see a lot more of that. I think these categories I've described earlier are going to constantly evolve. Music, there's very little news of what's happening in music, but guess what? That's going to change. Fashion, it's going to get bigger. If you saw Ready Player One, that movie, mm. I think that that's the best movie to look at to see where the future of this could go. Because in it, mm. characters are entering into a virtual world with VR glasses. They have a character. Those characters need to be geared up with cool things, mm. clothes, weapons, cars, mm. you know, the works. And that's going to be exactly the same in this space. Love it. Thank you, Mark. That's been fantastic. Yeah, I always very, like very listening good. to you on this. Um, oh, for anybody who wants to reach out to Mark, he's on Instagram as Mark Gregory. His website is markgregory.com, right? Uh, yeah, mark-gregory.com. It's with the, Mark yeah. with a C. I always have to say Mark with a C. Yeah, yeah. Mark <laughs> with a C-gregory.com. Um, um, uh, also, check out his book, uh, which, which is brilliant. I loved it. There was so much going on in there. Um, and, he, and he really represents South African icons, uh, in a brand new way and such a fantastic thing to donate all the money to the Nelson Mandela Children's Foundation. So well done on no, that, no. Mark. And- Reach for a dream, John. Reach for a dream. Sorry. That's what I meant. That's what <laughs> they, I, will get, uh, yeah, yeah. they will get very upset with me. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Reach for a dream. Sorry, Reach for a dream. Uh, Eric, over to you. Yeah, no, I think in closing, um, you know, for everyone listening to this podcast, um, what is the next action to take from here? The space is, is um, extremely vast. And like Mark was saying, it moves so quickly. It evolves so quickly. I really think that what I'm hoping what people take away from this is that um, don't go into the space to try and make money. Go into the space to learn. Like go and, you know, allocate a little bit of money, like $100 or whatever, like a small bit of money, and just go buy an NFT. Just go buy an Axie. Just go like, just go see what it's about. And first explore the space. And like, once you've done that, you might start seeing things that really interest you. Um, don't feel the rush to like, go move your offices into the metaverse. Like those things are happening. It doesn't mean you have to do it today, but it'll never happen for you if you don't go and explore and just dip your toes in. So low risk exploration, I think is the way to go until you find like, oh yeah, this makes sense to me. And then like, go for it. John? I agree. Very smart uh, and very uh, cautious approach, uh, but also trial, experiment, figure oh, out yeah. where you want to fit into this and, mm. uh, and play along with it. Great. Everyone. Um, so thank you for tuning in, Mark. It's been great to uh, have this conversation with you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for yeah, sharing thanks. your insights and wisdom with our listeners as well. Uh, for those listening, we, we hope that you've enjoyed the session as well. Um, we are going to be having many of these conversations moving forward. Um, as an addition to the regular podcast that comes out every Monday. So in the meantime, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please make sure to head over to either Apple or Spotify and leave us a review. We always love hearing from you. Um, we actually, we have um, reviews coming in all the time at the moment because we have this goal to reach 200 reviews before the end of the year. So if you want to contribute to that, uh, then John will also fly you out to the Burj Khalifa for our, uh, our book launch. Uh, just make sure you put your name down. <laughs> and uh, everyone, thank you so much. And make sure to tune in to the next episode. Thank you, James. See you again. Ciao. Cheers, guys.